Rutgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Yo, 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 what's going on, Packer fans, and welcome to the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Wisconsin sports fans. I am Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and I am with my two good buddies, T Plush. You can find him on Twitter at Tyler Korth, and then also I am with the Vanilla Gorilla. You can find him on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter to uh, get all of our content at Trilogy underscore pod. And today we are doing a little bit of an emergency podcast. We're going to talk about the Packers draft. Um, specifically, we're going to start out with the 12th pick. Um, so in the 2019 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers, um, selected Rashad Gary, the edge slash interior defensive lineman out of Michigan. So I know we got some people feeling some type of way about this pick. So I'll just hand it over to you guys right away. I'm so fired up. I think I'm changing my Twitter handle to the Packers 12th pick sucks ass. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, explain yourself. You don't have a lot of followers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, This is like a total typical Packers thing to do. I don't know how we didn't see it coming. Picking a guy who, you know, we went over the combine stuff at the first, I said, don't, you know, be all excited about these guys who can do incredible things if they can't play football. And this is sounds exactly what Rashawn Gary is, as his college stats were not very good. He's just a freak athlete. And I think it's going to blow up in our face. Terribly. Terribly, terribly, terribly. <laughs> uh, I'm, I don't know. It's tough. It's, it's really hard to read. Because A, we haven't had a pick this high in a long time. B, uh, we've got a pretty we've got new front office, so it's really hard to read um, what 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 this is gonna be like. Um, you can't be like, oh, they're they're definitely picking this guy because um, like he's got these traits, you know. Like if you have a GM for a while, you kind of get used to how they pick. So I don't I don't know what to think about it. it. It it could either be amazing or it could be horrible. Um, I feel like the, it's not going to be in between. Uh, I think I think what pisses me off even more is the fact that Brian Burns and Montez Sweat were still on the board. <laughs> true, that pisses me off too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I those are. I mean, go ahead. 
there there is a lot of good players left on the board and we're actually recording this um as the draft's going on the 15th pick so the redskins just picked Dwayne haskins and there's still a lot of great great players on the board um so i mean i feel like the packers already planned on moving up from 30 and they've been there's been a lot of talk about that today again that might be a smoke screen whatever i don't know why it would be but that might not happen but i know there's a lot of talk about it that they want to move up so they have someone in mind i am assuming that someone like noah fant um but this pick specifically i did feel like there was better players on the board i think i would have personally been happier if they would have taken like andre dillard or Jawan Taylor or someone like that to bolster that offensive line. But I mean, they must see something in this guy and there's a lot of athletic upside. He was a number one recruit coming out of high school. So there's all the talent in the world is there. They just got to put it together. And you got to think that Brian Gutekunst thinks getting him in with Mike Pettin and that defensive staff that they're going to be able to coach him up and get him to where they think that potential could be. And he could be a potential home run of a pick. And we look back in five years and say, how the hell was he not taken first overall? But we could also look back and (laughs) be like, why the hell was he drafted in general? Like, I really feel like it is either the worst of the worst for first round picks or one of the greatest picks the Packers, Packers have made in recent memory. And I really I mean, feel like there's no in-between here. <laughs> right. The frustrating part is that we just spent a 12th overall pick on a basically developmental player. Like, yeah, the upside is uh, there, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't he's call never him, proven it. I he's never proven it. Developmental. He was still – he still disrupted plays and stuff. It just wasn't consistent. I wouldn't call it like he can't play he wouldn't be in the conversation for a first round pick if he couldn't play. He can play. He's just not consistent and not as good as they thought he was going to be. Right. I mean, some of that maybe we were kind of talking like at Michigan, he moved around a lot. So he's never, I guess, never really got like settled into one position or whatever you want to call it. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that's why his, you know, stat wise doesn't look good. But like you said, he's still disrupting the plays and whatnot making an impact but I I don't know this I just don't have a good feel about it when we could have picked you know guys who have shown the ability to produce and it just just makes me worried I don't know (laughs) yeah so here's here's something from FBS defensive linemen all of them Gary ranks sixth in pro football focus's run stop percentage. Just solid. That's pretty good. But 33rd in pass rush productivity. So he's he's a good run stopper. Um, but everything seems to point to him being a pretty uh pretty subpar pass rusher. Um, again, Tyler said he was all over on defense, so that could have something to do with it. Um, but, uh, I mean, you also have to think, even if he is kind of a developmental player, 
we did just bring in the Smiths. Um, we got Kenny Clark. I remembered his name this time. And <laughs> Mike Daniels. So, I mean, even if he is a developmental player, he still gets some time on the field um, to prove what he's got. Um, I guess it, the more I think about it, the more okay I am with this pick. Um, it's it's just that unknown, you know, because it does seem like he is, compared to all the other guys that are going in the first round, it seems like his reasoning for being in the first round is much more on his potential versus how he performed in college. And that's what kind of scares me, you know? Yeah, I agree. You mentioned you're talking about our line currently. Um, you know, it's with who we got on the interior, I just I can't see him getting many reps there. I mean, taking any reps away from them, I feel like he'd be more likely to get some reps at an edge rusher compared to on the inside. Right. Um, and you mentioned he was in the top 6% for run. So, I mean, we could I could be wrong on that. I mean, players are subbing in and out all the time especially on defense there. So I could be wrong, I guess, but it'd be interesting to see where we actually use him. If we kind of focus him in on one particular position, or if he's going to continue to bounce around like he did in college. So personally, I think you give him a spot to learn and let him figure it out from there. And you just give him that spot. And I think it's going to be an interior position um, just because I frankly would be kind of surprised if they do bring back Mike Daniels as the 2019 is the last year on his contract. Um, I mean, if they do, that's still great. He's still a good player, but I just don't see them breaking the bank for him, especially after what they did this free agency, that's going to affect next year's salary cap and everything. So I feel like this is a year in advance succession plan. I, I'm nervous about that just because I've seen Packers try to do this in previous years. Like, um, they knew they needed corners a few years back, so they doubled up. They took Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, and they did not pan out in Green Bay. Demarius Randall looks to be a safety. He did very good in in Cleveland doing that. So that's what I'm kind of nervous about, but. I think I think he could be a player that, you know, he doesn't play a ton right away his rookie year, you know, maybe 30%, 40% of snaps, just a rotation guy, um, just to throw an extra body in there. And, I mean, our rotation on the defensive line is already pretty good. But throwing an extra body in there, and then from there, if they don't re-sign Mike Daniels, you have someone there that hopefully, after a year of development in your system – learning one position instead of bouncing around all over the place. Hopefully that really helps him and hopefully he can reach his potential from there. I don't see why you would bounce him around at all, especially at the NFL level. Just let him get used to that one spot, learn that spot. And I think he could be good, like I said, but I also think there is a lot of bust potential there. And hopefully he just figures it out being in an NFL system and realizing how much he's getting paid as the 12th overall pick in the draft that he needs to work hard. And hopefully he does that. I think it could be 
could be a good pick, but we'll see. And hopefully being able to just be a rotation level guy to start and not have to be forced into the a starter's role is going to be pretty big for his development. Yeah. I, yeah I don't... Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. All right. Um, I mean, this is also a guy who, like Trevor, you said before, he was number one prospect going into college. Um, not too long ago, he was projected a top five pick, a top 10 pick. Um, and then he did have a pretty strong, uh, combine. Um, so I, I'm not really sure what has happened between now and then that, um, made him fall or has made, um, people a lot more weary. Um, but uh, I think part a big part of it is the shoulder issue that he's um, coming off of. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good points. Kind of, kind of backing up to what Trevor said. Um, you know, with Daniels leaving and whatnot. Looking at like our depth chart beyond that on the inside, we have Tyler Lancaster, who I thought, you know, he was. I thought he did a pretty good job last year filling in, and then Montrevious Adams. So it's like, you know, if you had to, if you had to make like an initial depth chart right now, like I feel like I'd put him above Adams but below Lancaster. Where where would you guys go with that? What about Dean Lowry? Oh yeah, yeah. I think Lowry'd be the best out of all of those. I'd put him at the top. Agreed. But you have to remember, especially on defensive line. In the NFL, they like Kenny Clark doesn't play 90, 95, 100% of snaps. He plays in the area of like maybe 70 to 80. So there is a lot more of a rotation, especially on the defensive line in the NFL. So having players there is never a bad thing. But I, I don't know. I, Dean Lowry is the best out of those you mentioned, in my opinion. Um, and then Tyler Lancaster, then Matravius Adams, like you said. I just don't know where Gary fits in this, partially because he's just a big unknown. It's it's all athletic potential with him. It's not really any sort of production. We've been talking about this the whole time. It's it's all athletic potential. That's what the Packers do. And at this point, you got to hope your defensive staff is good enough and Mike Pettin is good enough to coach him up and get him – really wanting to work hard and get better every day. And if they do that, it could be a home run, like I said earlier. But we'll we'll just have to see. And like I said, having that def- defensive rotation and having four or five guys you can throw out there for two or three positions is always very, very good to have. Uh, you know, I I don't really want to say that it's all – uh, athletic potential too because I mean if he like pro football focus said if he did finish sixth and um, uh, run stopping he's obviously doing something right at least in yeah. that yeah, you're aspect right. yep. of the game mm-hmm. so I mean he he might not have the numbers to back it up um, but I mean there's a lot of players that don't have those big numbers that stick out to you but they're still impact players on defense yeah, you're right. definitely. So, is like so it'd be run stopping. You know, we, like I'm gonna try and use an analogy here. Like Adrian Amos 
doesn't necessarily put up numbers, but he's always reliable in the right spot at the right time, right. at least when he's at the Bears. So is that kind of what you'd be mentioning with Gary, like, you know, hitting the right gaps or, you know, not, you know, always being in the right spot? That's what I'd assume. I mean, obviously I haven't um, watched a ton of film on him, and I'm not a football stat freak, um, but that's what I would assume. Yeah, I I mean, like I said earlier, he's not a complete developmental prospect. So he right. does have he does have areas to the game. He can play football. It's just you think when you think about the Packers, you want someone to go get the quarterback. Yes, we just signed the Smiths and everything, but even if you put him on the inside, you do want him to go get the quarterback. That interior pressure is huge nowadays. Like that's what teams want is pressure up the middle getting in the quarterback's face it just makes it a lot harder on offenses so I feel like if he's able to figure out the pass rush he already has a very good run defense so if he figures out that pass rush up the middle and Kenny Clark is already a beast in that regard like good luck if he figures out how to rush the passer, like good luck blocking this defensive line with Preston and Zadarius on the outsides. And you can also bump Zadarius inside if you want and probably Preston. And then you also have Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels and hopefully Rashad Gary figures it out. And that's all I can hope for at this point, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it kind of seems like, you know, you dr- we're drafting, like you said, for ahead, you know. It kind of makes me think now that, you know, you mentioned if we re-sign Daniels after next year, there'll be his third contract. To me, it's kind of like a foreshadowing of that's probably not going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I really think it's about the money because the Packers aren't just – they can't afford him because <laughs> he's still a good player and he's still going to want money. So I just don't think they can afford him with what they did this offseason – in the spending spree they went on. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts? Uh, I guess not Not necessarily in Rashawn Gary. I think this this draft is playing out kind of interesting. Um, do you want to do, like, any uh, who you or what position you might want to see at 30, or do you want to save that for later? Um, yeah, I, I honestly – this draft has been so weird. I mean, I knew Kyler was going number one, but kind of what ensued after that was craziness. We knew, well, Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams were the next pick. Those were all kind of obvious. And then it all went to shit. <laughs> like nothing happened how I thought it was. Khalil and Farrell was number four overall, who in our mock or in my mock draft that we did, I had him at like 31 or something, and that's what I've seen him mocked at a lot recently, so that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. And then Oakland surprises us all and takes him at four. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I just think the draft is crazy, and at this point I have no idea what is going to happen at 30. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about trading up, and like I said earlier, I think if they trade up, they're looking for someone like Noah Fant. Um, and we could see that pretty early coming up here because I feel like they're going to have to go up into the early-ish 20s to do that. Um, But other than that, just seeing how the board falls, if there's a safety playmaker there, go ahead, take them. 
Um, Noah Fant's there at 30. Take him. One of the offensive linemen falls. Take him at 30. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at. What about you guys? I think you, you kind of nailed it on the head. The only thing I would be worried about is safety um, because then, I mean, that safety's probably not going to start this year. Then our our first our two first-round picks are probably not going to make a huge impact, I guess, this first year, which I guess seems kind of weird. Well, but when you're planning for the future and if they come into something and then we got some years where we got solid dudes with, you know, not we're not – doesn't have a lot of money – like didn't require salary wise to have them um that that could be beneficial down the road but i don't know we'll see scott do you have anything uh about the 30th pick um i i think i'm still sticking with what we've been seeing before like no offense there or uh, offensive lineman. I'm I'm okay with either one of those. I, I think we were all kind of hoping for a linebacker at 12. It might not be the one that we necessarily wanted, but it's the position we wanted. So I'm still sticking to my guns. All right. Yeah. So we'll see. So as of right now, um, Montez Sweat is still on the board. Um, oh, we're not gonna take two of them. <laughs> I don't know, man. This one surprised me, so... Uh, you're high. And the Minnesota Vikings just picked Garrett Bradbury, the center out of NC State. So there's still plenty of good players on the board. There hasn't been a receiver taken. Um, like I said, Montez Sweat's on the board, so I imagine he'll be gone by 30, but there is some health issues with him, so we'll kind of see what happens there. But this will be it for us now. We will come back shortly with our 30th pick unless the Packers trade up. But we will see. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys when the 30th pick is in. All right. We are back. And the Packers moved up like we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the 12th pick. And they moved up to 21st overall. Um, so they traded with the Seahawks, gave them the 30th pick, and also both of our fourth rounders, 114 and 118. Select a guy that we were not expecting. Um, we were all talking when it happened, and Tyler predicted it, and he said he would be pissed if it happened. Um, and that is Darnell Savage, the safety out of Maryland. So I will hand it over to you guys. What do you guys think about moving up to pick Savage? Yeah, I, I did predict that. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, now that I've had at least a few moments to simmer down a little bit, I'm not I'm not as pissed about it anymore. Um, we only gave up. What a hunt! It was a couple picks in the hundreds to move up there, um, for obviously pretty good safety. Um, sounds like he's a ball hawk, someone who's around the ball can be has a potential to be a game changer, which something I don't know. Packers haven't had at safety in a long time because haha, Clinton Dix doesn't really count. I think he just kind of got lucky most of his career, but whatever. Um, but kind of looking at his combine stats, kind of another really, really good athlete. His 40-yard dash, 4 3, six, 
vertical jump of 39 and a half inches like you can uh i think we can definitely see where the uh the trend goes in packers picks and it's definitely on um, their athleticism <laughs> scott what do you think of the pick yeah just what you said uh athleticism he's an another elite athlete um i mean he i, I don't know it was a weird pick and nothing we really thought would happen but um it looks like he had some good numbers and at maryland um his last year he got four interceptions six passes defended um, he scored three touchdowns, two on interceptions, one on a, his only career punt return. Uh, yeah, they're saying he's smart and plays off his instincts, which are great. Um, and even with all that, he's still really fast. So, uh, I mean, it's, it doesn't seem like anything to be upset about um, with the guys that were on the board. Um at, or that at least we're going to be on the board at 30. I'm I'm okay with this. Yeah. Um I I kind of thought when the pick happened that they probably could have stayed at 30 and yeah. I would I would assume he would have been there if not um you know a Juan Thornhill, uh Nasir Adderley, um Chauncey Gardner-Johnson one of those guys would have been there. There's no way that would have been a big run on safety at that point of the draft. So I felt like they could have waited um, and still gotten a very good player and one that a lot of people had higher than Darnell Savage. But like Tyler said, Gutekunst is kind of showing his hands. He wants athletes. Um, like I said with Rashad Gary and now with Darnell Savage, I think they can play still. It's not strictly that um athlete pick but i also feel like um it might have been a little bit of a stretch but they mu- they must have had him very high on their draft board just like they had um rashad gary very high on the draft board as well they must have had him up there so they felt like he was the guy they wanted he felt like they fit he fits nice in our scheme um, so they went and got him, and you can't really fault him for that. Uh, maybe we can in a few years and just be like, why would you make that pick? But I, it's something we're going to have to watch and see what happens, both with Gary and Savage. Um, and we just got to hope for the best. One thing that I think that really helps him to come in and play right away is the fact that you got Mr. Steady Eddie, Adrian Amos, sitting right next to him um, and be able to help him coach him up a little bit on the field um I mean Amos has been a very consistent player for the Bears the past three four years um you know what you're getting out of him so having someone that's gonna be more of that playmaker in the safety role I think is important and I like that um I honestly didn't think that this was gonna be the pick like I said I thought Nasir Adderley he was my safety that I wanted um but if they feel like this is their, that playmaker type safety that's going to help Amos and get the interceptions, get the pass deflections, um, go ahead and go get them. Uh, one other thing before I hand it back over to you guys is he's also a very willing and very capable tackler. That's one of his biggest assets, actually, is he's able to 
tackle in the open field very consistently. Um, so on top of all that speed, and hopefully that means coverage ability um, on the back end, he can also go up and make stops in the run game, which is also very important. One kind of funny thing is uh, Bleacher Report, Matt Miller, um, before he did his the uh, before the draft, he did um, a pro comparison for Savage, and his pro comparison is Adrian Amos. <laughs> really? I saw one pro comparison that I saw for uh, Darnell Savage was LaMarcus Joyner, um, who played last year for the Rams. Um, I believe he was a free agent. They might have re-signed him. I can't remember. Um but either way, if we're getting Adrian Amos or LaMarcus Joyner with this pick, then I am completely 100% okay with trading up to get him. You're okay with two Adrian Amoses back there? Yeah, two guys that don't allow <laughs> or like don't make stupid mistakes and are always there making the correct plays. Um, Adrian Amos isn't quite as flashy and they've, say that Savage is a little bit more of a playmaker from everything that I've seen. I haven't watched a lot of film on the guy just because he played at fucking Maryland. Um, but, yeah, I I would be more than happy having two Adrian Amoses. Yeah, well, you don't get like a, immense playmaking out of Adrian Amos, but having two guys at the safety position that can play the position and not look like... Um, what we put back there in the past couple of years, sign me up. Yeah, I think having two guys who can be steady back there sounds pretty savage to me. Uh, no, wah, they're not going to laugh. Wah. Thanks. Okay. Damn. Screw you guys. I'm going <laughs> home. <laughs> uh, I think uh, maybe... So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how the Packers go about um, the rest of their safety depth coming up. Um, Tremont Williams is slated to make quite a bit of money this year as well. He'll be a cornerback. And think you think they'll switch him to corner? You don't think they'll release him to to save that save that money? For what? <laughs> we only have him on contract for one more year. So what's the point of saving the money now? Who who are you going to go sign for that money? Well, maybe not somebody this year, but if you're looking to sign somebody next year. He's not on contract for next year. This is his final year. That's fair. Yeah, it might be good to have Williams back there. Um, give that, you know, <laughs> he just played both, like, veterans present. What are you laughing at? What a 180. <laughs> okay, I'm just I'm relating to you and then transitioning into maybe we can just cut Kentrell Bryce. So. <laughs> Dude. Veterans' presence, okay? <laughs> Worth six and a half million or whatever he's making this year. <laughs> well, if you remember at the owners' meetings a couple months ago, a couple months ago now, Goody said that they view Tremont as a cornerback. So that was kind of looking forward to they weren't expecting to play him at safety. So this is, this is what they're doing with that pick. Um, and I feel like that's what they're they want to have an extra guy in the cornerback room rather than in the safety room I mean the Packers have left that safety position alone for a long time we haven't had anyone back there since what Nick Collins during the Super Bowl run um, so I 
I just feel like they finally were like, we're sick of dealing with all the bullshit that we put back there. So then they go get Mr. Steady Eddie and Adrian Amos. And then you also go get a guy that hopefully is a little bit quicker, hopefully has a little bit more playmaking in him, but hopefully can be another consistent player on the back end. Um, So I like that. And then having Tremont Williams as your third, fourth, fifth corner is always going to be a good luxury to have. I mean, you're paying him too much to be that, but he's only on a one-year contract. You might as well see what you can get out of him at this point. All right, so do you guys have anything else about Savage, um, anything that you thought of about Rashawn Gary? Yeah, it was, it'll be interesting to watch how they pan out. I think, you know, I think Savage is going to get more opportunities to, to show what he's made of than Gary early anyway, pending injury and whatnot. So I think we'll probably get an analysis of what he's all about first. But doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily mean he'll be the better player. Who knows? Still a little skeptical on Gary, so <laughs> and not not too high on that one. But hopefully, hopefully the Packers know more than I do, and both of them turn out to be studs. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> Scott, it's kind of interesting that uh, our big free agent signings were the exact same posi- position as our two first round selections. It's kind of crazy that there's i mean no real uh variety this year it's kind of weird at least yet yeah um so let's talk just a little bit about what you think is going to happen from here on out are the packers going to go heavy offense from here on out um do you still feel like they're going to go with some defensive players where do you guys think they are going to go, and where do you think they should go? Yeah, I mean, we talked about how how deep the tight end class is, so I think that's something to look at at 44. Hopefully, like, Irv, an Irv Smith Jr. or something falls that far. He's still on the board right now as we're going. Um, even the tackles are falling a little bit. Um, so... Uh, I think that's where my focus would be right now, um, one of those two positions. Uh, yeah, I, I still see us taking a tight end. I still see us taking uh, at least one offensive line and still a wide receiver. Um, and then who knows if they end up picking a quarterback in the back end of the draft um i don't know just based on history i'd assume it's gonna be offense loaded back end yeah i that's kind of where i'm leaning to the second pick will be interesting um what they go with there um as we speak right now the colts just picked marquise brown uh hollywood out of oklahoma so that's another uh, player coming off the board on the offensive side of the ball, but there's still a bunch, a bunch of receivers available. Um, DK's available, Miles Boykin, uh, Debo Samuel, Paris Campbell. There's still a bunch of guys on the board for that position, and that's 
that might be the sweet spot for those um, wide receivers. Otherwise, you wait till 75 and see if anyone falls, I guess, could be another option. Um, we'll see what they do. I think... I think they will go tight end in this draft. I am not 100% sure if they're going to go early now that they didn't do anything in the first round in terms of tight ends. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I think Irv Smith would still be a good pick at 44. I would love that. Um, but I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. We'll, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, do you guys have anything else to talk about before we hang up for today i don't know maybe maybe this isn't a wrap for the day and we trade up into it back up into the first round <laughs> yeah you think so <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy i mean it's been kind of a crazy draft and not what i've been expecting the whole time so from basically pick four on i i have no idea what's been going on um one thing I do want to end with is that to push home the fact that Gutekunst is loving the athletes right now. Um, so Savage is uh, 8.35 on the relative athlete score, which basically just keeps into account like position and size of the player um, based on their position, and it rates out on a scale of 0 to 10, how they rate with the rest of them, um, the rest of the players in the draft and things, and the rest of the players that have ever been in the draft at their respective positions. So, like I said, 8.35 out of 10. So an elite athlete, um, anything over 8 is considered elite. Um, and then Rashad Gary, he is considered the third highest athlete in the class at 9.95 out of 10 um the two ahead of them garrett bradbury the center out of north carolina state had 9.96 and then somehow a punter got a relative athlete score of 10 so that doesn't really wow. count <laughs> we should have drafted him what the hell? <laughs> um but that just kind of drives home the point of how important athleticism is to Brian Kudekunst. Um Like I said, I think these two can play, but we will see if that is the case um, in the upcoming seasons. So that will be it for us. Um, we will talk to you guys on Monday, and um, hopefully we have a lot more excitement in terms of the draft. Um and more players that we are very excited about. I personally am excited about these two. I am just kind of scared at the same time of, you know, did we just pick athletes that are going to bust again, um, like Dayton Jones or something similar to that. Uh, but we will see, and we will talk to you guys on Monday. Peace. Hi, Mom.